Welcome to Mahogany Moms Podcast. My name is Dr. Rochelle Whitaker, but you can call me Dr. Shell. I'm here to provide support and education on all things motherhood. Join me every other Wednesday for encouragement, inspiration, and information as we delve into health, mental and physical, education, money, and everything else that comes with this motherhood journey. Hey moms, we are rolling into the summer. And I know that we can all benefit from some healthy, quick meals. So our guest today will be sharing with us some healthy, quick meals. And just talking about cooking and and how we can eat better and what happens if we don't. So be sure to tune in. Be sure to follow her. She's doing some live cooking shows. Uh, You can find where to follow her in the show notes. Um, So yeah, let's get into it. Hey moms, it's another episode of the Mahogany Moms podcast. And today we have a special guest. We're talking all about health um, as it pertains to mental, physical, and emotional um, health. And so we have Maggie with us. She's a certified health and lifestyle coach. She is the author of God's Design for Your Health and Wellness. She's a mom of four and a grandma. So let's welcome Maggie to the podcast. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Thank you for joining us. So tell us more about who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, like you said, I have four grown adult children and I retired three years ago from teaching and education, uh, but I've always had an interest in health. And so it was a good opportunity. I was sort of that um, person on staff that was always eating a salad or whatever, (laughs) And often the brunt of jokes, but yet when people weren't feeling well, when they didn't have energy, when they were going through things, I was usually that person that they came to. So I sort of developed a little bit of a reputation even when I was in education. And um, I have eight grandkids. And so um, I've always been pretty healthy, to be perfectly honest, Mm -hmm. but I have had those shifts where I found myself getting caught up in like everyone else, the fast food, all the things, Mm -hmm. because I have a very busy family. My kids are all in sports. And so many times we were going between games and running in and getting something to go. But I could tell there was such a difference and how it affected them academically and even athletically and, and myself too. So, Oh, wow. So I knew about the four, four, for a kid, I didn't know about the eight grandkids, but yes. I guess that makes sense, right? Four and then eight. Um, mm-hmm. No, um, but what you what you shared, I think, is so important, and I don't think we think about it, right? Because we have kids, and they have all these activities, and sometimes you just grab the fastest, easiest yes. thing. Um, but what you said was it not only affected them physically, because you said athletically, but it also affected them academically. So let's talk more about how food can impact not only our kids, but ourselves, um, like mentally. How does that work? Well, everything is interconnected. And so when you're eating a high diet, like so many people are today, and especially kids, think of the, the uh, sugary cereals mm-hmm. and you know, French toast. And I know our cafeteria offered free breakfast. So kids come in first thing and they're eating these diets that are high in sugar, high in the wrong fats. And so mid morning, those kids are tired. Yes. And the thing is you start seeing, you know, just irritability. And a lot of times kids, and I'm not 
anti-medication, but a lot of times diet can correct a lot of the things Mm -hmm. that really are affecting kids. They're not going to be as sharp. Their memory is not going to be as good. They're not going to be as alert. And they're more likely to be irritable, which leads to, you know, kids getting into it, fights on the playground. And then I saw it also with the teachers, the adults. Again, most of the teachers were running to the teacher lounge to get coffee at each break. Yes. We're tired. We're not sleeping well. So it definitely affects. And I know once my kids were in high school and competing um, athletically, they began to see that there was even a, you know, a connection there. And mm-hmm. so it definitely affects you so much. It's amazing. So I noticed, I noticed that about my own eating one day, um, I think the next day I was getting ready to not have sugar or take sugar out of my diet. And so I was like, okay, I went and got my kids some, some donuts, probably what I should <laughs> but I went and got my kids some donuts and I grabbed um, a cinnamon twist or something. And then I went for a walk and I think I did like a three mile walk. And then when I came back, um, I still had, I think I still had something in the car, maybe theirs, and they didn't eat all of it. And so I had some donut holes. And so I, I ate the rest. <laughs> I ate like some of those. I felt terrible for the yes. rest of the day. I was, I just, my husband was like, you're just so kind of, what is going on? And at first, I, I didn't draw the connection. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think it's all that sugar. Because when exactly. I ate dinner, a more well-balanced dinner, I started to feel better. And I think- Though sometimes it's it's hard to think, you don't think about what you're putting in your mouth because you just think something quick. So, you know, what are some ways that you, when you were raising your kids or what are some tips that you can give moms that they can use to feed their kids when they're in a rush going from work to sports to, or to a different activity? What are some things that moms can do? A lot of it is preparation, which no one likes to hear that, but using the weekends and then getting your kids involved. So often we're trying to do it all, but Mm -hmm. the more we can get them involved uh, is easy to pack. And so you can throw that in a bag and um, things like pretzels. And again, finding higher brand ones that aren't filled with so many things. Um, I like to make granola. And so it can be as simple as throwing fresh nuts and mixing them with uh, dried cranberries and raisins and then sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds. And then I like to have a jar like that, but then I make a second jar with all of those things. And then I throw in the really dark chocolate chips. So again, it gives that nice sweetness um, instead of a candy bar. And so things like that work really well. If they can tolerate eggs, hard-boiled eggs are good and they keep really well. Uh, Carrot sticks, celery sticks, peanut butter. Um, I like organic peanut butter because a lot of people have allergy issues. Um, But just those are things that are, that pack well any time of the year. So whether it's hot, of course, a cooler is nice, but they're easy and you can take them and go. And those are nice even to have in the car just a long day you're shopping. Because again, if you're not prepared, you're going to make bad choices. So preparation is key to eating uh, better. Okay. Better. Yeah, definitely. Now, you, you've said dried cranberries. You said raisins. 
Now, I, a mom might eat this, but I'm like, I don't know if a kid is going to eat this. Do you, have you oh, found kids like it? Yes. My, my grandkids absolutely love. As a matter of fact, they get a little carried away with the cranberries and the raisins. <laughs> and so sometimes I have to put a limit, but they're sweet. And mm-hmm. so, and I try to find ones that aren't super sweet. Cranberries, you can find uh, raisins, sugarless, easily. But cranberries, they're so tart naturally. They need a little something, but you can definitely find them. But no, they love them. So kids will eat them. So maybe it's just me, right? Because I don't like raisins. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my kids like raisins. I mm-hmm. one of my one of my sons likes raisins. One of them does not. Um, yeah. And I don't like raisins. I don't like peanut butter. <laughs> so oh, okay. I'm probably a more okay. of a picky eater. So mm-hmm. do you have any tips or suggestions for kids that may be picky, like that may not like peanut butter? Is there a good substitute for peanut butter, or may have an uh, an allergy? Can't do peanut butter. Right. Almond butter is uh, a lot of people like that, you know, just as well. Um, I'm trying to think. Popcorn is another one. Again, I'd buy an organic popcorn. Um, Actually, I just made some the other night. My husband and I were watching football. And so popcorn is a great and it and it holds together. It stays well. Mm -hmm. So you could literally make it, say, Sunday night. And as long as you have it, it'll last a few days. So that's one that goes. And then, of course, have water with it because it's very salty. Um, But I'm trying to think of other things that would be good. Like I said, pretzels are always good and usually are pretty good, pretty, pretty decent. Okay. Now, what I know you said when you were um, teaching, like you were kind of known for being Mm -hmm. um, this healthier eater. Um, and so tell me how you even, how did, you know, watching what you eat, how did that even come about? Is that something that you've always done or how did that, where did that start? Where did you get that? Actually, actually it started with my parents. Um, they were a family of eight. So six kids, my mom loved to cook, amazing cook. Mm. And so we just ate at home and it was the typical thing to come home and there were, you know, warm cookies and, and so I just grew up eating healthy. Now, when I went to college, suddenly I was discovering all this fast food, processed food. Mm. And so I did the usual, you know, the freshman 15 mm-hmm. and, but after college found myself being drawn back to eating healthy. And so I was constantly calling my mom, you know, how did you make this? How did you make that? And then ate really healthy until my kids got active as they got older. And then that's when we went to the, you know, the fast food and all of that. But it was about the time I was also going through menopause Mm. and I put on a lot of weight and I didn't think I was touchy and irritable, but now I look back and I was, (laughs) and, you know, I would ask my husband and I think he was afraid to say, yeah, you really are. (laughs) But I know it was connected to that. And then I started realizing we can't do this because we just can't. And like I said, I had put on a lot of extra weight, didn't feel good, wasn't sleeping well. So then it was like, okay, let's go back to eating well. And that made all the difference in the world. And so how long did it take for you to kind of get back into the habit of eating healthy? Um. I think I was at that point where I was ready. I knew I needed to do something. I saw a picture. We had gone to visit my sister 
And she'd taken a picture of my husband and I and our four kids on the sofa. And of course, that was in the day where you took pictures and you got them developed (laughs) as opposed to your phones. And when I got the picture, I was amazed at how full my cheeks were and just how I looked. And that was just an eye-opening thing because I've never had dealt with weight issues. But now I was seeing myself going, wow. And so there was there was an incentive, I guess. Maybe it was vanity, but there was an incentive to say. Plus, I think I felt so sluggish. Okay. And I was and I was tired. I was just tired. And when you're that way, you don't want to do anything. You're not much fun to be around. Mm-hmm. And you know, everybody sort of flees when they see you coming. <laughs> and so it, there was an incentive. So so I don't think it took too long because again, I had I had the knowledge. It was now just a case of putting it into practice. And, and so, go ahead. Did you, did you start eating better and um, add in exercise or did you really just focus on eating better? I always was pretty active. I, I like walking. My husband and I like to uh, bike. We have bicycles. So I think I was active, but it just wasn't enough. But I live where it, like right now, we're expecting a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. So in the winter, that's when it was the hardest. Um, but generally during the summer, I was still active, but again, I wasn't eating well. So it was more concentrating for me on the food, but definitely you need to be doing both. They really work together. Because, you know, a lot of people put a lot, a lot of emphasis on exercise. Um, mm-hmm. and what I found to be true, I think there's like a rule. It's like, it's 20% of, um, what you do and 80% of what you eat. And so I think the easier thing to do, though, is to move your body, right? Than it is to kind of watch what you eat because it requires preparation and people are moving. Um, And so how do you, you know, what what I think is difficult for moms you know, busy moms is just trying to prepare. So what are some quick, healthy dishes that you can make for your family? You know, one of the things is start with a family calendar. Uh, I know when I worked in the school, the beginning of the month, so they would always, each child would get a calendar of the meals for the month. Mm -hmm. And I think if you, not that you have to plan all the meals, but at least have a family calendar where you know that, okay, Bobby has practice on these days. Sally has piano. Uh, Mom has an evening meeting every Monday night. So start with a family calendar with all the family's activities practices everything, and then plan your meals accordingly. Those, so the busy nights where maybe mom or dad has an evening class or there's something going on or there's a ball game, those would be great crock pot or instant pot days. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe casseroles, um, maybe leftover days. Those would be ideal for leftover. Again, like I said, trying to prepare on Saturday. I know a lot of people do it on Sunday, but I, for me, I, I just want to relax on a Sunday. So, but, uh, so I tend to prefer to do it on a Saturday, but however, whatever works for you, if you want to do it on Monday for that matter, um, we like leftovers. So if you don't, that makes it a little bit more challenging. But for example, when you're cooking up that ground turkey or that ground beef, cook up enough for two or three meals and maybe do tacos one night, maybe spaghetti later in the week. So you're trying to coordinate 
So you're using a lot of the same things. Mm. And if just go ahead and cook all of that meat up for three nights. And if each of those three nights had leftovers, you almost have a week. Now, some people would say, well, I don't want to eat that much of the same thing. But again, they're slightly different. A lot of it depends on the family. My kids were, and my husband were willing to eat anything and everything. So it worked (laughs) out well. But even there, you might throw chicken in one day or say, we're going to have pork chops. Um, Also, trying to have nights, and I know our school did this. On Wednesdays, you knew it was going to either be tacos, Mm -hmm. uh, spaghetti, or whatever. So do the same thing at home. Maybe it's Taco Tuesday. If you're trying to be more plant-based, Meatless Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, fry, uh, pizza, homemade pizzas on Friday. So everybody, everybody knows what somewhat to expect and then get the kids involved. I love that. So we, we have kind of taken on some of that in our house. Um, so I don't eat meat, but everybody else in my house does. And so my kids, um, I'm like, okay, we're going to start implementing meatless Mondays. And we were doing that for a while, but then like, <laughs> We're tired of this Monday. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, okay. my husband doesn't go over that real well, but <laughs> occasionally he does. And if he knows there's the designated day for it, mm-hmm. it goes over better than him coming home and going, what is that? And there's no meat in it. Yes. <laughs> so so that's, a, that's an option. And the other thing, even like, for example, the tacos, just having a variety of things. So you might have your taco meat, but you might also have like some lentils and mm-hmm. guacamole and, you know, a couple different types of cheese and your lettuce and your tomatoes. So everyone can make their own. Same with the pizza. When my grandkids come, they love it. We have the ready-made pizza dough mm-hmm. and everybody gets to sort of make their own. So the more they're involved, then they enjoy that. And they're more likely to eat it if they've made it too. Right. That's true. And I, I like the, what you said about kind of choices, right? Yes. So if you, you know, you can, everybody can eat if you have a meat. Well, everybody can eat if you do like a taco Tuesday right? Right. and you can, you know, add the lentils as um, just different toppings. So mm-hmm. everybody can eat according to whatever their dietary preference. Exactly. Is. Exactly. And the pizza works really well. Cause I usually don't put meat on mine, but mm-hmm. my husband wants plenty on his, but I'll, I'll have grilled mushrooms and, you know, a variety of vegetables that he doesn't want any part of. Mm-hmm. So again, those are nights that he, he really likes that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your book. Um, it's God's Design for Your Health and Wellness. So tell, tell us about or tell me more about how that came about. Well, it was really through my own sickness. Um, I had started my health coaching business. I was uh, coaching teachers mainly at that time. And I, and then I retired and then, but I started subbing. So Mm. I was, you know, it was going to be just a few days here and there. And of course they're usually short on subs. And I found myself subbing full-time and working my business. And I started grinding. I was just going constantly and I was working late into the evening and I wasn't eating so poorly as I just wasn't taking care of myself. Mm. And it was winter. So I wasn't getting out and doing things. And because I didn't have time, I wasn't doing the things that I could do even in the house as far as exercise. And I just sort of wore myself down and I ended up getting a 
horrible, horrible rash. Just today, I was searching for a picture on my phone and I found those pictures and they were horrible. I broke out in this rash that really almost disfigured me. Mm. And so it kept me from going out in public. I didn't go out for three months other than to the doctor and back. And um, it was just really hard. And during that time, you know, I just kept crying out to God, why are you letting this happen? And then little by little, I realized I had done that. I had just pushed myself Mm. to the breaking point. And made yourself sick. I really had. Yes. Hmm. Just, and I had done a detox and my husband was like, yeah, it was that detox. I said, (laughs) no, it wasn't the detox, but it was just, um, just not taking care of myself and a detox moves things out of your body. Mm -hmm. And I think they just, for whatever reason, and that's another whole story. It just came out through my skin, the, the poisons and stuff. Mm. And so, so really it was during that period that I wrote the book. I felt like God had given me the download of the book prior, but I kept putting it off when I have time, I'll do it. And then now all of a sudden I had time. So I wrote the book in three months and it's just about having those pillars in your life. Mm. And so often um, we have, you know, we, we know we need to have those non-negotiables. These are the things that we will do. And you think of a house, how it's built. And you see on these design shows where people will say, I want that wall taken out. I want that open concept. And sometimes the contractor will say, sure, I can do that. It'll look great. Other times they're like, nope, that's a load bearing wall. We can't. And they'll go back and forth. And finally they convince them you can't do it. And so we've got those pillars that we need to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And so there are things like our relationship with God, loving ourselves. You know, so often that's a huge one right there is people, they're, they're hanging on to this baggage that they've been carrying, that they won't forgive themselves. They won't forgive someone else. And so we have to love ourselves. Of course, diet and lifestyle is huge, Mm -hmm. but really it's small when you compare all of the others. Sleep is critical. Handling stress, so critical. We, We often have those relationships that are challenging. And sometimes you can distance yourself, but sometimes the challenge is right in your own home or it's a relative, mm-hmm. you know? And so we can't, maybe it's this person that we work with. And so it's those kinds of things. Rest is huge. And as Americans, we pride ourselves on, you know, what is it? Camp, no sleep. You know, we pat ourselves on the back because we only got four hours of sleep. It's like we've earned an award for that. And so all of those things, often people are in careers that they're not happy. Yes. So you think if you've been working the same job and you're just going through the motions. So all of those are pillars. And when they're weak, they put extra pressure on other areas. Mm. And so um, they're, think of them being sort of in a circle. And all of a sudden you pull that pillar out. And at first, you know, it's like everybody's, we're, we're okay. And then you pull another one and then you pull another one. And pretty soon you've only got 
six pillars holding up this structure that really needs all 12. Mm. And so that's where a, a lot of people find themselves um, really struggling. And um, it affects the family, it affects them, it affects the kids. And so, so the book really goes into each of those pillars and talks about, okay, let's take a deeper look. What does God have to say about that? So the, the chapter on relationship, it takes examples from the Bible and it talks about how we deal with those things. Uh, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves by expectations. So there's a story of Mary and Martha in the Bible. And, you know, we often joke about, are you a Mary or a Martha? Um, but Martha was that go-getter, go-getter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very stressed, but she put a lot of pressure on herself. Yes. And I, I tend to be that person. If I'm going to have people over, oh, I've got to go all out. Well, nobody's asking for that. You know, they're just wanting, they're just coming to have a great time to be with you. And so a lot of times we bring on a lot of problems all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so the book just goes through chapter by chapter, taking a look at that pillar. How can we strengthen that pillar? And what are things that cause that pillar to be weak and what we can do about it? I think that is awesome. That is so good, especially for moms, because one of the things that we know is that moms sometimes don't take care of themselves because they're so busy taking care of others. And so um, I don't even think I think sometimes we don't think about all of like you were talking about the different pillars. I don't even think we think about how interconnected all of these are. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, just the fact that you you said you you made yourself sick, not resting, not um, taking care of yourself. And we do that so often. So I, I hope that moms that are listening, that you say <laughs> right. Well, and we put a lot of pressure. I had a client once and she just had one child, but she worked. Her husband was a farmer. She was always helping him. And her son was getting ready to have a birthday, I think 12. And they had always done the whole full blown and work was pulling at her. She had a, she had lupus, So she had some serious health issues, Mm -hmm. but she was putting all this pressure to make sure this birthday was going to be, you know, everything because each year it had gotten bigger and bigger. So how do you top last year's birthday party? Mm -hmm. So I told her, I said, you know what? Your son is not going to care if you just buy cupcakes from (laughs) the bakery downtown or the grocery store. And and you could tell there was that inner struggle Mm -hmm. because Is he going to think about that? That was three years ago. He couldn't even tell you what he got for his birthday. He wouldn't be able to tell you any of that. Mm -hmm. And so moms are notorious for trying to, you know, see what everybody else is doing and then make sure we're doing at least that, if not more. Mm -hmm. And so we, we beat ourselves up. We compare ourselves to the mom down the street. Yes. So it's nice when you get to this point where you look back and you think, why was I worried about that? And so now I don't, but yes, definitely for moms, give yourself some grace Mm -hmm. and you're not trying to be the ideal. There's no such thing. And that is one of the chapters in the book, the Proverbs 31 woman, but the realistic part of that woman, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot in there that we, again, can put our push, uh, put pressure on ourselves, but we shouldn't. We need to stop 
We do. And I, what I hope is, cause I know it, it helped me the pandemic. Um, <laughs> yes. Those, you know, doing those drive-by parties as opposed to like the full out birthday party. Yes. Yes. Um, it was so much, it was so helpful, right? Because I wasn't as stressed. I could just kind of breathe mm-hmm. easy. And so I hope that other moms, you know, um, I know for me, I haven't reverted back. I don't plan on it. <laughs> so I hope other moms haven't either. Like you used to stay in that same vein. We had a birthday party for my youngest and it was really small. And it what, what was so amazing was both me and my husband were like, this was like the best birthday party ever yes. because we were able to do things with him. We were mm-hmm. able to like, you know, socialize with the other uh, parents that were there. We just, we just had a good time. And I think my, my, um, Son had a great time too because we yes. were able to do things with him and his right. friends um, because we didn't have this great big we didn't exactly. make it a great big to do so right. I think yeah. what you um, sharing that is is key um, we don't have mm-hmm. to do we put we put expectations on ourselves um, that nobody else is looking for exactly they're not we just have it conjured up in our minds mm-hmm. where they're just saying hey I just want a birthday party right. You know? <laughs> And, and that's all something simple. And, and that's true because yes, I remember in the neighborhood seeing some of those parties where, you know, people were driving by and they'd hand the present, honk, wave and go on. Yes. And I thought, boy, that's pretty nice. So yeah, we, we definitely need to, um, like I said, give ourselves grace, mm-hmm. take care of ourselves. Self-care is huge. And so I get into that in the book, because again, if we aren't taking care of ourselves, really not able to take care of our family and they suffer in the long run. Yes. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for sharing. How can, um, if a mom is looking for some, some tips or some help with her health or her lifestyle, where can she find you? Okay. Well, I'm at coach Maggie and then the number four health. And um, my website is there. And on Facebook, I'm coach Maggie for health. And again, it's the number four and there are tips, there's recipes. I'm uh, working on my website. So there'll be more things coming, but there are some uh, uh, recipes and just good advice, you know, articles about kids and stress and school. And, um, but again, it's, it's a family effort. Mm -hmm. Health is, and we've got to do it together. That makes all the difference in the world. And with better, healthier families, we'll have better, healthier communities as well. Well, thank you so much. I will put um, links to all of the places where they can find you in the show notes. But thank you for taking the time to join us on the podcast. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's great being here. Thanks. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Mahogany Moms podcast with me. If you like the podcast, please show your support by sharing it and leaving a review. If you'd like to learn more about us, go to mahoganymomspodcast.com. Until next time.